0: We are in communion with Him. And it's so wonderful that we've spent this time. Now we're seeing the fruits, as Pastor said. The fruits are coming. We're going to see more and more and more greater, powerful things that God's going to do. Can you agree with that? Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, our pastor, Blake, he is preaching in Colorado Springs at our home church. And about an hour from now or less, he'll be preaching. And the time change, I think I'm correct on that. But I know that anointing will be there. As well as it is here, and I know that God's going to move mightily, and He's going to be preaching on a word that this morning about restoration. It was fitting that song with you. Uh, Who said that about restoration? You did. That's right. Uh, You said restoration, and that's exactly what He's preaching on this morning. Restoration. God makes things new, and when you restore a vehicle. I've seen several vehicles restored over the years. I had an uncle that had a 56 T-Bird that it was the most beautiful thing. And even when he died, he kept it in his garage. And I don't know what it happened with now. But that 56 T-Bird was, from the beginning, was a beautiful car that he had taken and restored it. Now, they say when you take a car and restore it, you actually make it better than it was in the beginning. And that's what God does to us. He makes us better than we were. He restores us. Well, this morning, I want you to turn to Psalms 91.1. Psalms 91.1. Praise the Lord. I have a word for this morning. I believe that God gave this word to me several weeks ago. And I know that it's important. It's about being in God's presence. The presence of God. And we'll be talking about the word presence a lot, so you may get real tired of hearing that word presence. By the time we get out of here this morning, you're going to understand that word presence more and more and more. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, this morning, I know that you're in this place. Just as we sang that song, that beautiful song, you are in this place and you have your way, we pray this morning. We pray right now, God, for Pastor Blake as he's in Colorado Springs preaching God and let the anointing run through him and flow through him. God, and let your spirit move mightily upon him this morning. God, I pray this morning as I'm preaching your word, God, that you would anoint me, anoint the ears for us to hear your word this morning. And we ask you, God, right now to come into our midst. Let your anointing destroy yokes of bondages, God, and free people from sin and problems in their life that we have. God, on a daily basis, we have to realize that we're in a sinful world, God, but you are powerful. Your spirit's powerful. You're more powerful than anything in this world. And, God, we just pray right now for your spirit to move in this house. And we are careful to give you all the praise and all the glory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. This morning I'm going to read Psalm 91.1 from the message uh, translation. I don't often use that. I don't read that every day. And one of the things that I've been reading, in the Word is every morning I've been reading in a plan to where I read through the Bible uh, all for the whole year. And uh, I told Pastor Blake, I said, been saved for a long time, and I've read a lot of scriptures and heard a lot of verses and heard a lot of Word, heard a lot of preaching, but I've never in my life, and I told him, I'm shameful of this. I'm going to admit this to you, Pastor, that I have never read the Bible through from beginning to end. Have not, I challenge you this morning to do that. It's not too late to start. But I I realized that I needed that discipline in my life to get up. And not the first thing to do is grab the phone or turn the TV on, but to get into God's presence and read His Word. And it's been a challenge, but I'm doing it. And in this year, I'm going to say, I did it. Praise the Lord. This version says, you sit down. In the high God's presence. Spend the night in El Shaddai's shadow, it says this God is my refuge. I love that where he said, sit down in high, in high, the presence of the high God. Sitting down. Now, a lot of times we're so busy, we don't really realize that he commanded us to be in the still. By the still waters and lay down in the grass and relax. It's important we realize we've got to be in His presence. I trust in you and I am safe. That's right, He rescues me from the hidden traps, shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Does that make you feel better right there alone? We didn't read anything else? that his great, big, stretched-out arms protect you. Under them you are perfectly safe. His arms off of, thins off all harm. Fear nothing that the wolves in the night, nor the flying arrows in the day, not the diseases that prowls through the darkness, not the disaster that erupts at high noon, He covers all the areas. He tells us no matter what time of the day it is or night that he is with us and he is protecting us and he's taking care of us. Spending time in God's presence. You've heard this waiting in the presence of God. I'll tell you the translation of that, what that really means. You ready? Waiting means waiting. (laughs) There's no other way of saying it. Waiting. In God's presence. Spending time. When we spend time with God, we get the benefits of strength, happiness, repentance, and refreshing according to Acts 3.19. Refreshing. How many need refreshed this morning? I don't know about you, but I need refreshed every single day. If I spend time in God's presence, He's going to refresh me. He says He would be. And the joy. How many need more joy? I tell you what joy is our strength we've got to have joy in our hearts psalm 16 1. if i don't have you turn there go ahead and write these scriptures down as you're taking notes this morning psalm 16 1. you show me the paths of life in your presence It's fullness of joy and right here i hand our pleasures forevermore can you say forevermore that's a long time forevermore right here where it says right hand that means authority where is jesus sitting today at the right hand of the father which means authority he's sitting in authority and in the presence of your fullness is joy and there's your presence some um, people have a hard time getting into the presence of god and sometimes it's easy for other people creating an atmosphere for god's presence is so important I will tell you a story I saw, I heard one time, a a minister was saying about how he went to a restaurant and he ordered something at the desk. must have been like a McDonald's or something like that. He said he went up there to the desk and there was two people in front of him ordering. And you've been there yourself, you've seen this happen. And somebody's up front of you and you're waiting to get your order in. And this one gentleman got his order and the other gentleman stu- stood in front of the girl and just ripped her from sideways to the north to south. I mean, just tore her apart and being nasty to her. Well, I don't know what the reason was, he said, but he was standing there, and he felt so sorry for that young girl working minimum wage, just simply trying to make a living. And this old man just got up there. I'm going to call him an old man. He could have been a young man, but I'm old, so I can say old oh, man. The old man got up there and watched how this girl was just simply torn apart and hurt and never let up, just kept on. I don't like this. This is terrible here. This don't look good. That's terrible, whatever it was. And so he got his order and went on. It says the guy stood up in front of the girl and he looked at that young girl and gave her a big smile. He didn't say Jesus loves you. He could have. But he stood in front of that young girl and said, I'm sorry for that man, who, how he treated you today. He said, I want said, to, I want to tell you that you're valuable, and I appreciate you working today, and I appreciate you being able to take my order. And a big smile came on to her face. Now what he did when he walked up there, and gave that smile to that young lady. The whole atmosphere changed. If you've been in a place where there's contention and there's strife. And you've been in a place where there's some old nasty dude comes up and starts being mean like he did to that girl. And you come up and you start changing the atmosphere. We can do that. Yes. By the power of the Holy Ghost, first of all, nothing else. We've got to, we've got to be, get the Holy Spirit comfortable in being our presence and us being comfortable in His presence. It's important that we get an atmosphere uh, in, in and be in an atmosphere. You know, these chairs are beautiful. These chairs are wonderful. When I grew up, they didn't have padded pews in the, in the auditorium. They were hard benches. And back then, we didn't stand up near as much as we do today. Uh, we stand up a lot more in this church and we sit down and stand up you got to be in good shape to come to this church (laughs) but as I remember sitting on those hard benches and I thought as a kid I sure wish there was some padding on there it would be softer well later on my wife and I went to a church when we were married that had those central assembly had those padded pews they were just padding on the pews but they were hard, but this softness made it a whole lot better. And, you know, it was comfortable. So we, we were able to, to be able to sit without a tailbone hurting. And that's why we, we want to be in God's presence. We want to be able to be comfortable and sit in a comfortable place. And I can sit on this step right here, and I'll tell you what, it don't feel good. And I don't want to sit there very long. My point of this part of the chairs is it's important that we get in God's presence and be comfortable so we can spend a lot of time. Amen. Amen? The more time we spend, the greater blessings we get. we got to make Him more comfortable in us with Him and Him and us in the Spirit so we can see God moving our lives. If you come to my house and down in Nicole spent a lot of time with us in our home. And I, I, I remember with the time we had a sofa and we had, uh, I think, two chairs uh, in our living room, and Nicole became very comfortable in our home because <laughs> she'd always get in my chair. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. I let her get in my chair because she was comfortable. And that she looked better in it than I did. But <laughs> we, we got to be a good host, I'm trying to say. Be a good host. That's yes. the presence of God. Host the presence of God. So she, she was sitting in that chair. You know, I sat on the sofa or sat in another chair. And I thought, okay, she's never going to get up in that chair. And she like never got up in that chair. But that's okay. <laughs> she was in the presence of whatever it was. I'm not sure what it was. She was pregnant, so at the time, she couldn't move much anyway, so I, fe- I felt sorry for her. We want to give place to the Holy Spirit. Give Him what He wants. Set aside our wants. and Let Him be comfortable and abide in His presence. That word abide is really important. Abide. Live. In his presence. God has an amazing idea. He thinks church is about him. When he comes in the church, it's not about him. He says, I thought this was really about me. So the idea is, is, when we're in here, it's not about us. It's all about him. We talk about Jesus a lot. And it's very important. Jesus is a reason, not for the season. That's a different time of the year. But Jesus is the one reason and the only reason that we're here today. Because of salvation. Powerful. There was a meeting of a pastors once. I watched the interview. And it was so interesting. I like telling stories. So sorry if you get tired of stories. I got a lot of stories. His pastors were sitting on a platform, and they were talking. And this wonderful man named Arthur Blessed. Anybody ever heard of him? He's a gentleman. Oh gosh, I'm surprised you haven't heard of that. He's the guy who is in the world Guinness World's Book of Records has traveled around the world carrying a cross. Now, anybody else heard this before? Okay, Arthur Blessed, the guy who carried a cross around the world, literally around the world. Now, I didn't mean he walked there all the ways. But he he walked across countries, and he was known for Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's all he ever preached was Jesus. And on this panel was quite a few ministers of small churches, large churches. They were very well known in the church community. And he was sitting next to this one gentleman who was... Remind me of our pastor. He was tall, handsome, good-looking. And he, uh, he said, uh, I just got to stop. He said, I've got I've to, he looked at Arthur Blessed, and he says, I just got to tell you, man. He said, Jesus, wow, I love you speaking about Jesus. He said, I went to my board meetings. It's a large church. He said, we have committee meetings, we have meetings, we have board meetings, we have all kinds of meetings constantly, planning meetings. We have meetings with department meetings. We, we planned our year out for the next year we have meetings, which we have here. All churches should have meetings and plans for the next year and goals. But he said, he said, you begin to weep, and he said, I realized right there as I was listening to Arthur Blessed talk about Jesus that I've been my whole point my church, and that was we focused in on what we were doing and not who he was. So he said, I've got to go back, and I've got to start focusing on what it's all about. Now I thought that was a great example of how important it is to put Jesus first. If not careful, if not careful, now I'm not talking about here. If not careful, churches be- can become a real place of a club, a club, a meeting place to just hang out. Now we fellowship, thank God we fellowship, we love each other in this church. great time of fellowship, great time of being together. It's important. A family is important. A church family is important. Being together in unity is important. <clears throat> I had the lady one day she says, I was a carpet cleaner back many years ago, and I was cleaning her carpet, and she knew I was in the ministry in there, and, and I was uh, talking to her about her church. And she said to me, she says, I don't know what it is about my church, but it seemed like there's just not much going on. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, she said it's just kind of a not much excitement nothing is really developing our church is even getting smaller nothing's really happening at our church i think there's more to it don't you and i said yes she began to tell me about her her uh services and what they did and how much time they spent in service 45 minutes was their total service i mean from singing to preaching i said what do you do other times she said well we go fellowship in the fellowship hall and we we uh, on a certain night, we play cards, and we play games, and we have fun. And So I said, it sounded like to me what you have is a church club. And she said, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. We've got to be careful not to get in that position ever. And I'll guarantee it will never happen here because we're going to make sure that we're close to Jesus enough. That we put him first. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, in worshiping, as these wonderful worship team come together, and they practice, and they practice, and they come early, they sacrifice. And I would love to be able to play the guitar like Donnie and Jamela. And uh, who else plays guitar? Oh, Sheila, Sheila, that's right, Sheila, bass. I would love to. I've got a guitar. My wife bought me a guitar for Christmas. I've been sitting there strumming that, and it sounds kind of pretty to me, but it sounds really terrible, I'm sure, to her. I don't even know how to play. But I grab that thing and I start acting like Elvis Presley, you know. I just play that, and I just don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know where my fingers go. can't get my fingers right. I keep strumming. But I'm going to get some lessons here pretty soon. But thank God we got some great musicians. Thank God we got good worship team. Thank God we got a good sound system. Thank God. Amen. That's what happens when we get together. We worship We dwell in unity together. We're together this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to create in you hopefully an appetite and a hunger this morning for the presence of God. Help me get hungry. I used to be in the food business for 25 years. I've told this many times before. If you've been around here long enough, you've probably heard me say it a couple times. But I was in management of FERS cafeterias, started working when I was 12 years old in 1963. I worked till I was 37 years old and retired. Not that I was tired or retired. Actually, I left because of my knees. I needed some different lifestyle. When you're in the food business, anybody ever worked in the food business, you're on your feet constantly. And at 12 years old, to be on my feet constantly and working for all those years, 37 years old my knees were getting so bad I had so many surgeries that the doctor said you either got a choice do something else in your career or You're gonna wind up getting replacements at 37 years old Or shortly after and if you do They're only last so many years and you're gonna have to have it done again before you're too old well I retired medically and started my own business and doing other things, and were able to pace myself so I'd be standing on my feet all the time. But I love the food business, and I love the food. How many love food? I used to be 125 pounds heavier, and I didn't get it from eating first food. I got it from sitting at home and doing nothing besides eating. But uh, the food business is a very rewarding business. You get to taste the food we I'm going to make some of you hungry. Like I said, I'm going to make you start being hungry, but hopefully it's hungry for the presence of the Lord and not food. It's good time to get done. But I used to, every day before the serving line opened, now they call them buffets, I'd take about four or five dozen teaspoons, and I would taste every single item that we had. We had probably 20 to 25 salads. We had uh, eight to ten kinds of meats, uh, 10 or 12 different vegetables, 20 to 25 different kinds of desserts. And uh, I would not take a whole bite unless I was really hungry, then I'd take more. I'd only dip once, didn't double dip. I had plenty of spoons. But I'd go taste every one of these uh, different foods and make sure that each one of those were prepared correctly. Now, I had to take a drink of water time every time i take one taste because I didn't. I'd, I'd, I'd been having to taste something else. It was sour, be sweet, vice versa. So I got to where I would taste that food, and I understood what food was. I understood the taste of it. Not only did I understand the taste of it and understand that, but I understood what it looked like. Was it cooked properly, the right temperature, the right, the right time, the right consistency? Was it too thick? Was it too thin? All these things you learn in foodness and in management for all these years. I could see something and actually know it wasn't even right before I even tasted it. I had them pull it off and go make another one, get rid of it, don't put it out here for the customers. And I would also, during the day, be working back in the kitchen, helping them back there. I'd be, I started out busing dishes, went to fry cooking. My wife, well, she was making salads. Oh, that's a whole different world story. I won't go into it too much for time, but we met, we met in 19... 19- 66, August of 1966, we met. Started dating right away. Three years later, we got married. And uh, we didn't shack up live together. I was I was home. I was a kid. We were we were not we were not old enough to get on our own. So I was working, going through school. I Had to graduate school. Got married. But I'd I'd be working across from her, and I'd have all this smell on me and. And if you're you're around people who smoke, you're going to get it on you. You get that nasty on you real quick. So as I was working and I was uh, preparing food and I was helping people cook during the day in management, I would come home, my wife being pregnant with who, Blake? Becky? I think it was Becky, our daughter. She would get sick if I came in the house with all that smell on me. So I had to change clothes in the garage but I didn't want to throw up so I wound up taking that old clothes off of me and getting some other clothes on so I could go in the house but that aroma was on me the importance of this using this example was that we have so much of the world on us a lot of times that we sometimes got to get out of that environment that situation, that place sometimes we gotta realize that if we get that stuff off us, then I can be in her presence you see but i if I get some of that stuff off there I can be in his presence amen we gotta understand the presence of God is not spelt p r e s e n t s It's not presents like at gifts for birthdays and Christmas. That's not what it's about. Being is in His presence. A lot of times we want to seek God's presence, not His presence. It's important we get that straight. He's not our Santa Claus, although the Bible tells us He gives good gifts to us. We need to seek His face, not His hands. Seeking the face, his face means in his presence. Seek his presence, his nature. Second, Chronicle, Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people seek my face, and you know the rest of it, if you don't look it up, 2 Seven, Chronicles 7.14, if my people will seek my face, in Hebrew the word face means presence. We need a personal encounter of a God kind. There's an old movie years ago, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. We need a Close Encounters of the God kind. Amen. There's great power in God's presence. Psalms 9.3 says, "When When enemies turn back, they shall fall and perish in your presence. Doesn't that make you feel good? think you're walking around in the presence of God and the enemy just fall beside you because they can't stand with you, they can't be with you, they can't stand down in your presence. They just fall off. When you have a lack of God's presence, there's a vacuum. A police officer at a certain place or as our security here in certain places, our authority in a place or a facility, authority keeps a certain presence out. Spent a lot of years in security. My boss, the church where I was security at, told me he says, where there's a lack of presence and security, there's an opportunity for a door to be opened for the, for the enemy. And I thought to myself over and over, he'd tell us this, over and over I would realize if I didn't have a gun with me, if I didn't have a stick, if I didn't have anything, and I just stood there, there was authority. And I was using my authority to say, you can't do this, you can't do that. So brother's there's a lack, there's a vacuum. In this crazy, mixed-up world we live in, and if it's not, you don't think it's crazy, you've you got to be somewhere else. You've got to be on a mountaintop somewhere hiding out. We live in a crazy world, and it's going to get crazier. The greater the sin, the greater the grace. God is going to move and have his way in our, in our midst. He's going to be able to protect us. He's going to be able to help us through these trials and tribulations. The Bible tells us we're going through these things. Don't fear, don't worry about it. As long as we got his presence, we don't have to worry about it. Amen. Now, there is a difference between his presence that I'm talking about today. We know that he'll never leave us or forsake us. He's always with us. That doesn't mean that I leave this building and the presence, his presence doesn't go with me but I'm talking about a little bit different presence this morning, presence of the Holy Spirit. Yes. It's in the dwelling presence, his manifest presence, his powerful presence in our life that we can sit down and have a conversation with him and that nobody else will bother us. Like I say, with the lack of leadership from the White House to our house, it don't make any difference. With the lack of leadership, there'll be problems. I'm not going to be political this morning. But I will say this, that where there is an extreme amount of authority, there's always confrontation. And you'll see this now as this president is being attacked, as most presidents do be attacked on a daily basis. Wouldn't want that job. But as this president is getting stronger and saying sometimes hard things, harsh things sometimes, you'll find out that he's setting a pattern and a something for the future that you may or may not agree with, but I know that's according to what he's saying and what he's doing. He's putting God first. He's against abortions. You may not like his policy. You may not like him. But I'll say this much. He is becoming stronger in the Lord, and he is saying you can pray. You can go to church. You cannot be bothered. We're not going to bother you as a government. We're going to stand up for your rights. And thank God we have those. According to Isaiah, when, 59, 19, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise a standard against him. A standard, and we sung a song earlier, and it talked about the breathing breath of God, breathing Standard is a breath of God, a standard breath of God. There's no problem that we have that God can't solve. I'll let you know in a little secret. God's got it. God's got it. No matter what situation, financially, physically, spiritually, emotionally, God's got it. He can take care of us. He loves us. Psalms 46.10 Be still and know that I am God. There was a time years back that my family and I were going through a tough time financially. And I kept praying, Lord, why is this happening? Why, Why can't I get past this? Why is there more month than there is Monday? Anybody ever had that problem? Why is there this problem? I was praying, and God said, just wait. Be still. And know I'm God. Power. When that word came to me, I just said, okay, I can go through whatever it is as long as you are with me, and I know that you're God. I can go through whatever it is. I don't care. Psalms 140:13. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. Their upright shall dwell in And live in your presence. In the presence where prayers are answered and heard. I'm not going to say I heard it said once, and I'm not sure I'm going to agree with this, but some people may have believed in this. I'm not sure. I haven't got clarity on this, but I just heard it the other day. And but he said, "I'm not so sure that God will hear your prayer unless you're in His presence." Now, I'm not going to say that's true, but it is a thought. But we, we know if we're in his presence, he's going to hear us. When we spend time in God's presence, Jesus' character comes through to us. It comes through in our attitudes. My dad served in Okinawa in World War II. He was there for a year. And he says, when I went there, the presence of God was with me. And when I came back to the shores of America, he was with me there too. He'll never leave us or forsake us. Matthew 28, 20, teaching to observe all things, whatever I command you, and lo, I will be with you always to the end of the earth. Cute story on a joke about a gentleman who went to work for a company. And they sent him out of town He said, I want you to go and speak and tell this other company what we're doing. He said, I'll buy you a ticket. You can go tomorrow morning. You head out there, and the next day you'll be able to speak to these gentlemen. He said, well, he said, I'm going to drive. The guy said, why would you want to drive eight hours when you get there an hour and a half? He said, well, my Bible tells me, lo, he'll be with me. Always. In God's presence, there's joy unspeakable. We used to sing an old song, and I don't know if... You're not that old, are you, Ed? I didn't think so. <laughs> the joy unspeakable and full of glory. The half has never yet been told. Anybody ever hear that? Well, yeah, glory to God. I guess I'm the only one. <laughs> My mom and dad uh, served the Lord at the early age. They were actually met in singer Right over here, Mom was 19 Dad was 24 and worked in the oil field. And they both went to church. And just so happened, my dad, it's not so happened. I found out the word so happened are coincidence is not in the Bible and in Hebrew. There's no word for it. So it wasn't by chance. It was by divine order that Mom and Dad went to church, the same church, that same time that same night and saw each other the pastor knew my dad and knew his involved a little bit in ministry he said brother Andrews, would you come up and lead the testimony service now some of you old timers understand testimony service that gives you time just like we had a testimony it's more than Amber it gives you time to stand where you are and say testify what God's done testify testify so he came up and led the testimony service, and he said, the "Church wasn't very big." I stood up there and I looked in the back row, and there's brunette back there, this beautiful brunette. He said, "I saw her back there," and he saw my eye locked on her eyes, her eyes locked on my eyes. And he said, "After church, he said we got to talking. We went on a couple of dates, and a month later we got married. And they're married for, until Dad died at 86 years old. But interesting." how a certain place, a certain time, and here God's presence was there to draw them close together. And for years and years, they were married. So you never know what happens. Girls, boys, you're looking for somebody. I don't know of anybody in this house looking for a boyfriend or girlfriend, but stay close to him, draw near to him, keep seeking, keep looking, keep finding. Worship ushers us into the presence of God. Worship. I have uh, drawn closer than I believe I've ever been to the Lord in a long time. I now in the mornings I, my wife sleeps a little bit longer than I do. I'm not saying how long, but she sleeps a little bit longer. <laughs> now I get up earlier and she gets up later. She stays up later. I get up earlier. I go to bed earlier. But I get up in the morning and I, if you're interested in, maybe you have your own devotional time. Maybe you have your own music you listen to in the morning. Whatever it is you do, thank God if you do that, it's important to start the day off in worshiping the Lord. But I have in my phone about six different kinds of worship songs and none of them have words. Now, there's a reason for that. I'm easily distracted. So if I listen to the words, I can't meditate and pray. It's just something I have trouble with. Now I can worship with the words up there. I can do that. It's no problem as long as I'm not trying to pray at the same time. So I listen to this music like keyboard or piano. I listen to this. I prepare my spirit in the mornings. I prepare my spirit to, to receive. Then I go into Prayer and I go to reading the word. And I know, I know my wife and I have to constantly realize and re- remember that we're retired. We don't have a job to go through. God bless you. You're working. God bless you. You have a job. Thank God you have a job. Amen? But time is so precious. The first fruits, we preach first fruits. I'm getting first fruits. And our tithing and offerings, first fruits. But he wants all of our first fruits. The best of our first fruits. We follow Jesus the way he did it. He got up in the morning and head over someplace quiet by himself. He began to pray to the Father. See, entering in the presence brought, brings you close to him. Drawing close to him where the promises are. The promises. God has lots of promises. We have to ask God today for his his presence and also to get in the presence, spend time with him. We've got to ask him to help us. I love the scripture in a secret place of the Almighty. The secret place. Now, if you're born again and you love Jesus... You will understand when I say secret place. If you don't understand that, you haven't been there. Because in the secret place is where you and him meet. You and him commune. Talking to him. Worshiping him. Praying to him. Loving him. Him loving me. What a precious time. What a precious time in that secret place. See, if you're married, there's things in the secret you might tell your wife or husband. You don't want anybody else to know. It doesn't necessarily have to be bad. It doesn't necessarily have to be bad. It could be just something you want to say or something you feel or something you want to talk about in the secret place. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of of the almighty shadow protection the shadow is protection god loves to have fellowship with us lay aside our busy schedule and spend time in his presence it could be late at night it could be early in the morning it could be noon time doesn't make any difference i just encourage you to be hungry for god's presence going back to the the food business I want you to have an appetite like you're going to have an appetite now or when you get out of here and you go eat, you have an appetite. A good healthy appetite is good as long as you eat the right things. But I want to give you an an appetite for things of the Lord this morning. I want to encourage you to get in His presence of the Most High God. God, El Elyon, the Most High God. El Elyon in Hebrew, the Most High God. To be in His presence, my wife and I have been blessed—so blessed—to be in, in this church, and so blessed to be now uh, going together and, and together going together for 50 years, uh, 51 years together, going to church together. We've seen a lot, been through a lot, watched a lot. But I'll tell you this: the importance of the fact of being in His presence. Didn't make a difference what church we were into, but being the presence of the Lord was important. We got we see a lot of things. We saw a lot of things. Being in God's presence is so powerful. I have an eight-year-old grandson who's now 23. And eight years old, he was in church, and the young man was in His presence so much that I've seen your children do the same thing. And the presence of the God was so powerful that he would fall on the floor, and he would lay down and not slain in the spirit not under the spirit but he would lay down and just be worshiping God and it didn't make a difference what went around him he was worshiping God sin can keep us from worshiping God sin can keep us from being in his presence if we repent and get back in to that rightful place he will visit us in a powerful way there's different kinds of presence of God omnipresence there's a presence, a manifest presence. it's an dwelling presence. God lives us in John 15, 4 and 5. Dwell in me and I'll dwell in you. Whoever lives in me and I will bear much abundance of fruit in him. Corinthians 3, 16, God says that we are the temple of God's dwelling in. He dwells in our temple. Without him, we're nothing. We can't do nothing. This morning I have a song that I want to say the words. I might sing a little bit of it. It's called, Surely the Presence of the Lord is in this Place. Anybody ever heard this song? It starts out, In the midst of His children, the Lord said He would be. It doesn't take very many. It can be just two or three. And I feel that same sweet spirit that I felt oft times before. Surely I can say I've been with the Lord. And it goes this way. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. I feel the touch of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. You want to sing with me? Stand this morning. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel His mighty power and His grace. I can hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I see mighty powers of the great expanse of the Grand Canyon. I've not been to Niagara Falls. Maybe you have. These seven wonders of the world are beautiful, and they're behold, great to behold and see. But there's nothing that I can see in this world that compares to one minute in God's presence. At 18, When I was 15 years old, I came into God's presence in my room. i have been saved for eight or nine years. At 15 years old, I felt God's presence. There was a beautiful song being played. I played on my record player. If you don't know what that is, it's a thing that you turn table and it's not a CD, it's not a DVD or whatever, but it was a record player. I put on my record player, and this beautiful music said, Bited with me." It's an old song. I began to be in God's presence, and I began to feel that presence. And I, I, I just laid there in my bed for a long time. And it was so important to me that I never forget it today. It was like I was there right now. I was there. Because that power of presence was so strong. And I was listening to that beautiful pianist play. And all I could just just worship the Lord. At 15 years old, God touched my heart. God ministered to me. I began to cry, then realize, and it's 52 years later, I realized how important that was to me and to be in his presence. Thank God for God's presence. Thank God for His presence. This morning as we close, your eyes are shut and and your your head bowed to the Lord in reverence to Him this morning. I want you to know this morning that God wants to be closer to you than you want to be closer to Him. He wants to walk with you so close. It's so important we realize that in the Garden of Eden Eden, when Adam was there walking with God, that he absolutely did not have any restraints. There was no sin as he began to walk in that garden. in the cool of the evening the Bible tells us in Genesis that God would walk with, with Adam and they would commune. They would love on each other. They would talk to each other. It was a two-way conversation. It wasn't just God talking. It was the Holy Spirit. God was talking to to Adam God was ministering to Adam can you imagine what it's going to be like when we get to heaven being in God's presence without any of the old nasty of this world the old problems of this world the hindrance of this world the situations we are in in this world being face to face with the creator of all time God almighty I got good news for you this morning we can be in His presence. Not like Adam, but we can be in His presence through the power of the Holy Ghost. This morning, I ask you this question. If you don't know who Jesus is, you won't know His presence. But if you know who Jesus is, you will know what the presence of God is when He comes into your life. You'll know how to talk to Him and commune with Him. on a a minute-to-minute, hour-to-hour, day-to-day basis. You'll be able to commune with Him. Sometimes without words, sometimes with words. Sometimes you're able to get in His presence by just meditating and thinking on His goodness. The goodness of God brings salvation. Salvation through Jesus this morning. I ask you right now, If you have not received Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, as your personal Savior this morning, I want to pray with you. You're missing out on the greatest event there is in history of being able to be with Jesus this morning and being in His presence. All over this place, side to side, front to back. If you want to receive Jesus this morning, I ask you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you. All over this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah 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 I can't imagine spending time without God I can't imagine being able to spend eternity in hell I can't imagine not being with him to live in glory forever in his presence and his power I can't imagine that one more time anybody here this morning all over this place how many there are this morning wants to receive you Jesus our Savior. Hallelujah. All right, I'm believing God this morning that He is, everyone saved. I'll challenge you another thing. If you really want presence of God this morning, I want you to come spend time at these altars. I'd run to these altars if I were you. I'd get in His presence. You can be in His presence where you are, but let me tell you something about this altar time. This right here area is extremely holy. and You may not believe it, but let me tell you what. This area right here is really, really sanctified, dedicated, holy area. Now let me say one other thing as you come and you get in the presence of God. Coming down here doesn't mean you're weak. Many times we may think this place is not for if you're in sin only. If you don't have the presence of God in you, come down. Come down. I encourage you. You can stay right where you are if you want to. I'm not making anybody come down. But right here in this There's power. There's power in unity. There's power right now. As they begin to sing, just begin to worship the Lord. Talk to Him this morning.